man. Shut the door, sit down, clean your ears, and stop listening to what your mama needs you to be doing right now. You're going to listen to the Boxing Podcast. This weekend, Juan Estrada versus Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. I want to begin by saying, um, first, before I even get into talking about the decision, is what an amazing fight, what a great fight for boxing that was, and what a resurgence of Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez that was. Um, I was very impressed with the fight, and I was on my toes the entire fight because I was on. I wanted Chocolatito to win, um, and when you want a fighter to win, you become so antsy, and every punch that lands on your fighter feels like it's going to knock them out. You just worry so much about them, and you're so just just. You're just so hard on their performance. Like, you just want them to cover up and not get hit at all. Because every blow that lands freaks you out. It feels like, I don't know, it just feels like they're going to fall. But, um, yeah, it was, it, the, the fight had me on the edge of my seat. It was, it was intense. Um, the first rounds, I gave them to Chocolatito. Um, I think in the beginning, it was kind of... <clears throat> Both fighters are quite evenly matched, I'd say, kind of. And I think what... Yeah, they're both evenly matched. But Chocolatito has the edge because, well, he is Chocolatito. And the way he fights, um, or the way, you know, once he gets it into his rhythm and he starts feeling more comfortable and the longer that the fight goes... Uh, Chocolatito is able to put up with the, um, you know, with the pace um, in the later rounds is when other fighters start to falter. And that's where Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez capitalizes is that he just can keep on going with the same amount of pressure. And as the fight goes on, the other fighter is um, is low on stamina and Chocolatito finding his rhythm. Um and being to, to stay at a consistent pace, it just starts to dawn on the other fighters. So, um, first rounds, I definitely gave to Chocolatito. Um, it was, I was very impressed with his defense in the first couple of rounds because I had watched his previous fight, and Chocolatito was just getting hit by everything. Um, and that's that's I just that's what made me very worried about this fight. I was worried about Chocolatito's defense. You know, his defense is really just keeping his hands up in front of his face. He doesn't use a lot of... Yes, he slips punches. Yes, he um, bobs and weaves. And, um, but it's just a lot of the time he is taking those punches t- to his guard. And then those punches are getting in through the side and up from the bottom. And that's what I don't like. I don't like when fighters are have that brawler mentality and come in. Not that it doesn't work. But it's just, it's kind of painful to see a fighter take so many punches um, when you know they could be doing a different defense method, style, or technique and not be taking that punishment. 
But that's the thing about Chocolatito's um, style of fighting, just in general, is he takes the punches. Um, he uses his guard. It's almost like, I wouldn't say it's peekaboo, but it's just more like block. And as soon as he feels, it's he is like a brawler counterpuncher. So as soon as he, the the opponent lands a punch on his, um, on his guard, he is, follows back up with something else, and then he goes back, dodge. Slip a little, hits to hit his guard, and he follows up, and that's how he fights. And um, he's he's pretty good at it um, because he does slip he does slip a lot of the punches. Um, and I know I just said that he doesn't, but it's just he does still take a lot of punches, and that's just what bothers me. But first round chocolatito, uh, he looked very good in there. He was his defense was great. Um, this fight especially. Um, and I guess I was also a little worried about that, um, considering he just, um, <clears throat> you know, he got knocked out by Rung Guns Fi in their second fight. So, yeah, uh, middle rounds, I, if from what I remember, it was rounds five and six is when Juan Estrada really started to come on to Chocolatito. He, I mean, it was already obvious from the beginning of the fight who hit harder. Um, Juan Estrada, he hit yeah, I'd say he hit harder than Roman Gonzalez. You could you could hear those punches a lot more. The punches really moved Gonzalez. Um, when when Estrada's punches even landed just on Gonzalez's guard, it would like push Gonzalez. It would move him to the side. It would push him back. Um, and obviously, you can hear them. You that's that's the thing about uh, the the microphones in, in the boxing ring are so close that you can hear the punches and. Um, you can just hear the difference between Juan Estrada's punches and Roman Gonzalez's punches. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, middle rounds, I'd say like rounds five, five, six, and seven, just in my memory, I just remember thinking, holy cow, the tide of the fight is turning around. Juan Estrada is landing those hard punches. And not only was he landing the hard punches, but what kind of freaks me out, and if you've ever been in boxing, if you've ever been in the boxing ring sparring competing whatever it is you'll understand this you'll understand that when you are fighting somebody and you are so drained that you just don't have the energy to get out of the way of the onslaught of punches coming at you that's when you know you're tired because whenever you feel whenever you're not tired and you feel feel the punches coming at your head and they're landing typically we'll do something to get out of the way of those punches we'll either rearrange our guard or step away step back step to the side step to the other side slip move out um and just get out of there right we'll just get out of the get out of the way of getting punched and you'll know that if you're a fighter but you'll also know this when you're tired and your opponent's hitting you and they're just hitting you and you're still in one spot and you're just taking them it's because you're tired you just don't have the energy to escape and then also not only that but um gonzalez was taking really hard punches and he was staying there and then he kind of like reached to hit estrada and it just didn't look it just looked like he was so tired it just looked like he was done it looked like the end of the second fight against against Rag- ragun's fight um 
that and Rogangsfai hit a lot harder than Chocolatito too. I'd say Rogangsfai and Estrada probably have very similar punching power. Um, and that's just what I saw from Roman Gonzalez, and it was freaking me out. I, I mean, just watching rounds four, five, and six, maybe seven, he just looked so. I don't know. He just he kind of looked tired. He was taking more punches than he was in the first couple of rounds. I really start to I really start to uh, feel the 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 tide of the fight change, and it did. It did change for those middle rounds, and usually, usually when the tide of the fight changes once. It's really hard to change it back. Like, that's usually how fights go. Like, you will see somebody winning. Like, one of the fighters will be winning the beginning of the fight. And they'll usually either win the whole fight or the the tide will change. The other fighter will then start to take the lead, start to become more aggressive, start to use that energy that they preserved during the first rounds. And... Then it's like game over. Then it's um, there's no changing the tide again. I don't know. Just changing the tide of a fight is it's different, you know. Um, and that's why fighters decide to be a little patient in the first couple of rounds because they rather stay down and study their opponent before they start being just offensive based off of the skills that they know. It's best to just sit back, be patient, kind of download how we how your opponent fights. And then from there, apply your skills to the type of fight they're giving you versus just showing up and giving them a fight with no intel at all of how that fighter is performing that night, how hard they're hitting that night, what style of fighting they are bringing to the table versus what you've seen in training camp on fight tapes. So, um, yeah, but middle rounds, Juan Estrada, and then final rounds, to my surprise, and oh my gosh, was I happy. Chocolatito was picking it back up. He was doing great. Um, he just found his rhythm again. He had like a second wind. I was I was happy because I the last thing I wanted to see him was get knocked out in this fight. Like to have because you know he has the victory over Juan Estrada in their first fight, and nine eight years later they rematch. Um, the last thing you want to do is see a legend lose against someone they once beat in the past and i just didn't want to see that to just be too too rough of an ending for the the, uh, chocolatitos um you know pretty famous career so yeah um and holy cow you will get this very seldom very seldom will two fighters in the 12th round will go and fight every second of that whole last round. And that's exactly what Juan Estrada and Robin Gonzalez did. And it was crazy. Like, I just, I remember going into that. What was crazy about it is both fighters went to their corner at the end of the 11th round. And both corners, uh, the teams of these fighters told them, hey, dude, uh, you got to go get this fight. You got to go get this last round. If you don't get this last round, you're done. Especially in Estrada's corner. They were worried. Actually, you know what? Now that I remember, I believe Roman Gonzalez's team actually just told him to chill. I think they just told him to be very safe and smart and technical. 
And then Juan Estrada's um, team told them, told him to just fight his ass off, you know, because they needed the last round. And honestly, that's how you should be fighting a really close fight. Like, even, even if you're Roman Gonzalez and you had the lead... This is this is championship boxing. This is boxing. This is boxing in Texas. This is boxing in general. We know we all know how boxing goes. You got to fight for that last round. That last round's important. So, um, yeah. So as I was saying, very seldom do two fighters get into that twelfth round and give it all that they got, even after a long, hard fucking eleven rounds. And just risk it all, dude. I mean, Roman Gonzalez, he was for sure, definitely, if you were him, if I were him, I would have felt like I was winning. And that 12th round, bro, I would have coasted. I'm like, hands up, fucking move my feet. Do not get hit by Estrada, because that motherfucker hits like a truck. Um, so I, I would have avoided him. I would have just played it safe. But dude, that's why Gonzalez is a fucking legend. He went out there and said... Bro, let's give these fans what they came for what they came for. And they just duked it out, man. And oh my god, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez just looks so slick, man. Like it's one of those things where you just you you know when they go in for an exchange and you're watching your fighter, you just really want them to get the best out of each exchange. You know, they back up and then they go in, they back up and then they go in. Chocolatito was getting the best out of every exchange in the 12th round. And it was crazy. It was just so slick. He was in. And he, what he did a lot was just a boom, 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 back up. Estrada would hit his punches. And then right as he, Estrada tries to back up, Gonzalez would catch him in. Boom, 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 move back. The last round was beautiful. And it just, it, it was just so wonderful to watch. Um... Especially because Chocolatito, he's just been through so much. I mean, he I, the two losses, the two losses against Rongangsvai. It's just crazy, man. You're on top of the world, and then you're at the bottom, and then you're fighting somebody that you beat in the past, and no one really thinks you're gonna beat him, and he does, and he did. Um, but that's where the decision. Kind of ruined this fight for me. Obviously, Chocolatito did not win. I think he did. And many others believe he won too. Um, yeah, Estrada, Estrada was awarded the victory. And it was... You know, for me... I you know, And I expressed this on um, social media right after the fight. I said, you know what? I gotta make a fucking video, man. This is absurd. Boxing is just so corrupt. It's so... It doesn't even make sense. I mean, no, it does make sense. Because it was a really close fight, right? It was close. Like, yeah, you can say it was close. I had, and believe me to God, I swear to you, I am a very unbiased judger. Because I'm very hard and I'm very critical on, I'm a critic on my fighter. On, like, who I want to win when I'm watching him fight. Like, I will be so hard on the judging. I'll be like, all right, you know what? Uh, he did good, but they, they could have given him... The, I don't know. I just, I'm just i just hard on them. You know, I, I, I pick them apart. I see. I look at their defense. How many times they got hit? Were they fighting throughout the whole round? 
and I was being very very honest was judging this fight and um I had it you know Roman Gonzalez winning by two rounds and um they yeah I mean that's just not what happened and Estrada got the win and it was just it was sad because you know Gonzalez really came out here and showed us vintage chocolatito you know we saw vintage chocolatito in there and that's that's really hard to do it's really hard to um once once a boxer's past its prime it's really hard to bring back their old self and reappear inside of the ring in front of thousands of fans millions of fans and that's what Chocolatito did last night. And that's that's why I thought it was such a beautiful fight. Like, not even just that it was such an aggressive fight. But the fact that you got to see uh, a spectacle, a, a spectacular fighter come back and just show himself for who he once was. And I don't know. I almost feel like it was... It, it almost feels like the final goodbye of Roman Gonzalez. But... um yeah, really good fight. Um, Gonzalez was so... He was so humble after his loss. Like, he he was so he was so nice. It's like he was so calm. He didn't really care. He just... I don't know. It's like it didn't even bother him. It's like he wasn't even... I don't know. Honestly, it, it, he just... He was so nice. He said, you know, this is what God wanted to happen. This is... He let it happen. Um, and that's okay, and he was just so happy, like, I don't know, he didn't look upset, because he, he wasn't, he wasn't upset, and that's what's, um, that's what's cool about a fighter like uh, Roman Gonzalez, he gave all the credit to Juan Estrada, I mean, I'm sure he had his disagreement with the, um, the judges, but, no, no, he was, he was such a cool guy, S- sport, sportsmanship, like, I don't know, all the credit to Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, and good job Juan Estrada. Um, I don't know who Juan Estrada is going to be fighting next. Honestly, I mean, he—they asked him post-fight interview, "Do you want a rematch with Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, or are you going to fight your mandatory, uh, Rongangsvai?" And he said he, you know, he's so willing and down to give Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez his. Uh, rematch because he thinks he deserves it. He thinks he himself thinks that Gonzalez is a, is a great boxer and that he deserves the rematch. But also, you know, he has a mandatory. So um, if Juan Estrada and Rungang Zvi fight for a third time, that'll be interesting because it's one apiece. And just that little group, just Roman, Rungang Zvi, and Estrada, it's such a. It's like they're going back and forth with each other, but. Um, honestly, I'd like to see Gonzalez and Estrada fight a third time. Estrada and Rangang's fight fight a third time. And then, yeah, I just like to all see him fight a third time. It'd just be, it'd just be nice. It'd be interesting. Um, so yeah, and I want to give a big shout out to the WBA um, World Boxing Association. They, right after the fight, went on to Twitter and tweeted, We will temporarily suspend Carlos Sucre while the officials committee evaluates his performance in Chocolatito Estrada 2 fight. We will give the judge the opportunity to speak about what happened. Yeah. 
So apparently one of the judges had a crazy scoring of the fight. I think he had Rome I think he had Chocolatito down like around five five rounds. I think he had him down like five rounds or something. And uh yeah, it was such a close fight. That's just such a weird difference compared to the other judges and what everyone else had it had it as. But um I did also hear <laughs> I mean I did also read in the string of tweets that although the WBA is putting a suspension on this judge that they really can't do anything about it. I don't know how much that of that is true. Um, but the person that tweeted this also said that this judge would be back out in like a matter of months. So, um, I mean, yeah, we just never hear of any belt organizations coming out and saying, you know what, we're going to put our foot down. That call was bullshit. So I thought it was very interesting for the WBA to do that. That's awesome. I, I invite more, uh, belt organizations to come out and do the same thing that would be great i mean someone has to do it and even if the wba can't really do much about it right now they're calling the fucking attention to it they're trying and maybe once someday they will gain the ability to intervene with fucked up decisions i mean i fucking hope somebody has to do it honestly boxing is a freaking mafia so congrats wba Got my love, got my support. Shut this fucking judge down. See what's up. Uh, so yeah. God damn guys. Honestly, <clears throat> it is like twelve twenty eight in the morning and I am so tired. But I just wanna make I mean, all I really want to talk about today was the Juan Estrada versus Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez fight. Um and maybe I'll make another podcast about this, but I just wanted to go over some fucked up shit that I see in boxing that I think we face um, that is holding boxing back, you know, and um, a part of that, a part of this need to bring this up was the fact that, um, you know, just I guess the decision last night wasn't complete bullshit, but it just sparked me. I mean, it just, it kind of is bullshit. In, in my eyes, it is. So it sparked me to think, okay, boxing is fucked. And this is why we're going to fall behind the UFC. This is why we're going to become and might already be a dying sport. But here it is. We have corrupt judges. We have crappy referees. We have fighters that talk shit over social media and make it very public and then don't stick to their word and they just have their little arguments. We also have too many belts and then within the belts we have too many different versions of the belt. And don't get me wrong, it's cool to have like different colored belts. Like it just looks pimp ass when you're undisputed champion. We have too many fucking promoters and then there's management companies a lot of people forget about management companies. They're there and they have their pick and they're trying to make money and they also ruin fights. We have too many ne- boxing networks. Um, and then we have fighters asking for too much money. Wait for it. Before they make it big. Fighters coming right out of the gate asking for the most money ever. 
Like you need to chill, okay? There's some things that you need to establish before you get paid a lot of money. Um, and the UFC also has its faults, but compared to the UFC, we're fucked, and we're gonna keep on losing if we keep on going down this path. Um, I would just love to see everyone come together and just work together, like all the fighters working together, fucking the, the you know the boxing commissions picking right judges and awesome referees and fighters that just got along and tried to help each other out and the belts would fucking just chill on the belts WBC I'm talking about you <laughs> mostly um, promoters would just stop being greedy management companies I never hear much about them but I know they have something to do with it then there's too many networks oh my god is it impossible to make a cross network fight when you're with a network, there's no going into the other network unless you fucking, I don't know. I don't know the technicalities behind that, but I know you can't really do it as much. And yeah, so I mean, I guess, fuck it. Let's break these down, all right? I'm just going to give you a couple examples of each of these, right? So when it comes to corrupt judges, we have fights like Chocolatito versus Rangang's Fai, the first fight. Chocolatito should have won. We have fights, and I know this is going to take people off, but Canelo versus Erzlandi Lara. Bro, that fight. Canelo's my boy, but come on, dude. That fight was bullshit. Canelo should have lost that. Erzlandi Lara should have won. Um, and then we had Pacquiao Bradley, number one. Y'all know Pacquiao's my boy, so I'm always going to bring this motherfucker up. But Pacquiao should have won that fight. That was one of the craziest decisions I've ever seen. To think that all like to think that pe- the judges want got picked Bradley. That's freaking crazy to me. Still to this day, and I think it even upsets me even more because I feel like that kind of just triggered Pacquiao's downfall. You know, like it kind of spiraled out of control from there. You know, like Pacquiao loses to Bradley. Now Bradley's in his head. And he goes to fight Marquez, and he's trying to really prove a point, you know, because he just lost to Bradley, and he has to fight Marquez for a fourth time. And so he kind of tries to, he overdoes it, and then gets knocked out. That's how I have always seen it. I always blamed the Bradley fight for the loss against Marquez. But I'm a packed hard, so what do I know? Um, The crap referees. Crappy referees. And I'm talking about refs that count false knockdowns or that don't catch knockdowns for what they are. Like sometimes refs won't, just refs won't see. And I get it. It's hard. I know it's probably hard to be a ref. It's probably hard to see everything amongst all the chaos. But dude, can we slow it down? Can we check the fucking cameras? Just can't we take like a 30 second pause and be like, all right, let's check the cameras and see if that was an actual slip. If that was an actual knockdown. Because they do it in other sports. I mean, fucking soccer, football, basketball. They always check fucking replays. They always put a pause on every sport except ours. Like, we can't fucking pause just to see if a knockdown was real. I mean, and especially in a sport where one fucking point will go so far as to give the other fighter the fucking fight. I mean, a point will do that in any sport. But I'm talking, like, 
dude, like this is boxing. It's 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 much more fragile. You have to give fighters a chance. Like check the fucking footage, dog. Um, that one's always dawned on me. I just don't know why we can't fucking chill, bro. It's like we want to tire our boxers out. It's like we don't want to let them rest a little bit just just to see if things are fair. Fuck, man. Even right now, that shit ticks me off. I don't know. But um, another thing is bad stoppages. I've seen some fucked up stoppages. I mean, I've seen refs not stop the fight when it should have been stopped. Like, dude, the kid's getting pummeled. Stop the fight. I've seen refs stop the fight when they shouldn't have stopped it. They should have given the champ... Sometimes they stop it just too early, you know? And I'm not saying let the guy get knocked out. But I'm saying... Like, dude, he's blocking the punches. He's slipped a lot of the punches. He's catching a lot of the punches on his arms. I don't know. The stopping one is a hard one because, you know, you don't want the fighters to get hurt. But you also want to give them a chance. So, that one's hard. But also the inconsistency between some of the referees. I know we all can't be the same. But fuck, dude. Is it holding or is there no holding? Because sometimes, I, I heard holding was illegal. Apparently not. If you, I'm not. I'm trying not to bring Pacquiao, but the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, Mayweather held so much, and I never understood why Kenny Bayless just kept letting Mayweather hold on. Like you can't do that shit. I've seen fights where if you hold too much, you get a point deducted, and then there's fights where you just see fighters holding after every exchange. It's fucking insane, and it drives me nuts. I can see why it could be tactical. I can see why it's considered boxing technique. But I just, I from what I remember from the very beginning, is that holding is illegal. So, I don't get that shit. Someone got to clean that shit up. Someone has to establish the law for being a ref. Um, uh, the next one was fighters talking and lying in the public's eyes. <sighs> This one's hard because Ryan Garcia, I fucking love that kid. That kid's amazing for boxing. Like, that kid is the most amazing thing for boxing. And I just love his bravado. He's so after chasing every fighter. He wants all the fucking smoke. Like, he wants to fight Gervonta Davis. He wants to fight Devin Haney. He wants to fight Lomachenko. He wants to fight Teofimo Lopez. He wants to fight... um. I don't know. He just wants to fight all of the fighters. And he's so confident about it. He's always like, two rounds for Javante Davis. And, you know, everyone's seen the podcast of him on Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing. Um, Just so confident. So flashy. He's so, I don't know. He's all about pleasing the fans. And not only that, he's an explosive-ass fighter. His fight against Luke Campbell. I don't even know why I'm going on to this whole Ryan Garcia thing. Oh, that's right. I love the kid. But one of the things that happened recently when he he disrespected Gervonta Davis on the Mike Tyson podcast. I'm not saying that fighters shouldn't do that. I'm saying, build, yeah, build the fight. That's how you build the fucking fight. And that's awesome. That's called being marketable. But, bro, when you slam somebody that hard, especially on the Mike Tyson podcast, and then as soon as you see a Pacquiao fight, my boy Pacquiao, and you turn your head around and say, you know what, screw you, Javante Davis. 
I want to say that's kind of fucked up to do. Because who wouldn't fight Pacquiao, you know? If you get the one chance to fight Pacquiao, yes, you should go fight Pacquiao. I'm saying Ryan Garcia, yes, you should have you should have gone. What you did trying to fight Pacquiao was great. But I know that must have annoyed Javante Davis and the rest of the world that you would go as far as saying what you said on um the Mike Tyson podcast. But I mean I don't know. Everyone to their own. Good job, Ryan Garcia. I'm not hating on you at all. I think you're an amazing... I think you're the best thing in boxing right now. But that's a hard one. I don't know. I don't know if to take that back or not. But I can just kind of see where that kind of gets people a little angry that you'd call someone out. Like, maybe you should have been like, I'll handle my business with Javante Davis and then fight Pacquiao. I kind of like that. But I also get the idea that Pacquiao will probably run in on a very busy schedule. I know he's trying to run for presidency, so he's probably trying to get his last two fights in. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I gotta make a podcast about that later, though. That's that's something I really want to be talking about. Another thing with fighters fighting is, I mean, think about, think, of, oh, dude. And this was one that gets me all the time: Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford. The greed between these two fighters. They cannot settle on a purse. One each fighter just they want more money. They want more money than each other. Like they, bro, come together, come to an agreement of something that makes sense. Compare your past paychecks, compare your past numbers. Do what's fair. Like there's somebody out there. I'm sure there's someone out there on the negotiation team that can be like, hey, dude, if you if we want to get serious, we want to be fair. Let's look at your past numbers. Let's look at your past fights. Let's look at the past whatever and see what's reasonable for both of you guys. And then one will make more than the other. I mean, one of them's going to win. And one of them has better opposition. One of them has higher numbers, better ratings, better whatever, more attraction. I think that's how they should settle that fight. Because holy shit, if we're looking, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick little search here. Errol Spence is 31 years old. Terrence Crawford, 33 years old. Dude. In boxing years, that's getting old, dude. This fight should happen now. Terrence Crawford's 33. That's insane, bro. Like that's that's you're nearing the end of your career. If if my if you know my head end of the career is like 35 to 40 like usually that's a good retirement um what do you call it i don't know that's just a good uh god dang i can't even think of the word that's a good block of time to retire for a fighter between 35 and 40 and so for me that fight's not happened yet and these fighters are getting old. They're in their 30s. That's just insane to me. I think that's crazy. Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford need to fight each other already. And they need to stop holding themselves out. Because you also got to think. What if they fight? And then there needs to be a rematch. And then there gets to be a trilogy. You never know. They don't fucking know where this fight's going to take them. Maybe it is going to be a trilogy. And they don't even fucking know. They got to give themselves enough time for the trilogy. Because if they do. I mean I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. But if it were to happen. 
Bro, they're gonna they're gonna be doing the trilogy when they're in their fucking forties, dog. Like, come on, let's get this shit together. Let's get it rolling. Quit being greedy. Same shit was Errol Spence and Keith Thurman. Holy fuck. I don't even think that fight's ever gonna happen, honestly. Keith Thurman, where the fuck is he? Um Teofimo Lopez and Vasily Lemachenko. Bro, someone tell Teofimo Lopez to give Vasily Lomachenko a rematch. Dude, Vasily Lomachenko collected all of those belts for you, and you're not going to give him a rematch? Bro, like, that's so fucked up, dog. Like, how are you going to make this? How you, Vasily Lomachenko went out and did, yes, he has very, I, I get it. If you guys don't think Vasily Lomachenko is the pound for pound fighter, I don't either. But this motherfucker put in the work, and he collected a lot of the belts, and he met up with Lopez, and he lost one fight against Lopez, and now Lopez just doesn't want to give it, give him a rematch because he's done with him because it's over. Like, okay, and here's the thing: it's not like it was complete domination because the fight, the the whole fight was not complete domination. But you gotta at least give respect to the champion that came before you, and say, you know what. You did do a lot of work to get these belts. You did do a lot of work to get to this point. Because at, at one point, yes, Lomachenko was... I would say he was the king of the division. I mean, yes, he fought in other weight classes. But, like, dude, you can't forget the people that Lomachenko beat. I mean, he fought Nicholas Walters, Guillermo Rigondeaux, um, And for Teofimo Lopez to just, like, brush him off and, just, you know, just beat him, take his belts and run the fuck out of there? Nah, dude, come on. Slow the fuck down, dude. Give give him a one more chance. He gave you a shot at the belts. Give him a shot back at the belts. Like, all you got to do is defend it. And, like, and if you think Lomachenko is so fucking easy, then you can obviously do it again. So do it again. I don't get it. Um, but Teofimo, I like you, bro. Like, it's not... I just, I just think you should fight him again, bro. Like, it's not... Come on, dude. It... If you're so confident, you might as well. Um, yeah, and then the whole Devin Haney, Javante Davis, and Ryan Garcia pool. That shit. Oh, my God. They're always disrespecting each other on Twitter. Build the fight. Great. Cool. But actually make shit happen. They'll just talk about it and then fucking avoid each other for years to come. And then getting down to the too many belts part. Um, the WBC. The WBA, the WBO, the IBF, the lineal belt, which the lineal belt, I fucking love the, yep, the ring magazine, lineal belt, I love that shit, don't, don't ever get rid of that belt, that shit's dope, all these belts are cool too, and they look dope when they're all wrapped around one undisputed champion, but the WBC, bro, dude, they're shitting out belts like there's no tomorrow. Like, there's belts for every fucking fight that they sanction. <laughs> then there's, like, belts within the belts. There's, like, with the diamond champion. Then there's the franchise champion. And then there's the fucking... I don't even know. What do they call it? The legit... I don't even know what the other one is. But there's just so many championship belts between the WBC. And then there's the interim. There's just so many. It's freaking crazy. But, yeah, there's just so many belts. And I guess it kind of makes it interesting because you find champions in different parts of the world and um then when you make a champion fight a champion that's like kind of makes it interesting but also um a lot of these belt organizations you know they come up with their rules like hey you have a mandatory to fight 
And then if you don't fight that mandatory, you're going to lose your belt. So then it kind of makes it hard to make the fights that we want to see because the belt is demanding this, but we're wanting this. And that's what makes it hard. I mean, you could make the champion ignore their mandatory, but then they'd lose the belt and then they fight that person and then there's no champion there. And then the belt goes elsewhere and then they get the belt and then we have to watch a new fight with that with with the with a fighter in order for the fighter to get his belt back he has to fight someone else and so it kind of deters the flow of the fights and that's not just the WBC that's all the fucking belts doing this shit i think um and then we move into probably the biggest fucking roadblock is the promoters top rank golden boy matchroom Mayweather Promotions, Don King, Frank Warren. <sighs> I know Top Rank and fucking Golden Boy hate each other. I know Golden Boy and Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn, probably hate each other now. I mean, Matchroom Boxing took over Canelo. And then there's also just <laughs> arguments between promoting companies and their fighters like Oscar De La Hoya and Ryan Garcia dude they're always going at it oh my god dude it's like seeing a father and a son seriously watching Ryan Garcia and Oscar De La Hoya argue is like watching a father and son seriously it's pretty boy pretty boy arguing money money it's so funny I I mean no it's not funny because I wish they wouldn't argue but it's so weird because we all thought that dynamic was gonna win be a win-win but really, it's just, like, not working. And it's just... That shit's falling apart quick, dog. I mean, goddamn. Like, that shit started falling apart as soon as it started. Um, I know Ryan Garcia hasn't been happy with the fucking money he's been making. And he always has, like, little complaints about it. And Ryan... Uh, Oscar De La Hoya is always talking shit about Ryan Garcia um, via Twitter. And we've seen the Twitter exchanges. It's, it's kind of silly to watch, honestly. Like... Come on, dogs. Let's be more professional. Ryan Garcia and Oscar De La Hoya should fight. That'd be funny. Um, and then the management companies. I'm not even going to get into that as much. Networks. We know how it works with networks. How fucking crazy would it be if we saw The Zone and Showtime on the same fucking TV screen? Crazy, right? Exactly. It's self-explanatory. That shit... Barely. Like, the last time I remember seeing that was HBO and Showbox. Showtime Boxing with the Manny Pacquiao versus Mayweather fight. Dude, when you're assigned to a network, there's no going on to another network until your contract's over. Like, that's hard. I'm actually a little confused as to how Teofimo Lopez is on Triller now, even though he is... Wait, that's so confusing. Yeah, how is that? How is... Teofimo, because Teofimo is through Top Rank, and Top Rank is through ESPN on the network side. So how the fuck did Teofimo Lopez get bought out by Triller, a network, and is now fighting under them for, like, one fight? If someone can explain that to me, please do in the comments. That's a little confusing. I know it was, like, a bid or something. and I know, I know Matchroom Boxing was in the bid, too. Um, and I know Top Rank's pretty upset about it now, too. I know... Yeah, I know Bob Aaron made it fucking clear, dude. He's pissed. But, um, yeah. Um, and then fighters asking for too much money before they actually make it. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, to ask for like good money in the sport of boxing, there are a couple of things that you need to have. One, personality. You have to have personality, bro. Like, if you're boring and no one really wants to get to know you and you're not in a, like, you're just not a personable character or you're just not. I don't know. You got to like stand out. Just who you are. People want to know their fighters. People want to back up their fighters. People want to feel like they know their fighters. So if you don't have personality, you're fucked. And then two, you got to have exciting fights, dog. Like, do you have a boring style? Do you have an aggressive come forward style? Do you have amazing defense that you... Your defense is so amazing that it's not boring, you know? Because I know there's defensive fights... Where it's just straight up way too defensive. Like, dog, where's the where's the blood? Where's the hitting? Where's the what? Blah, 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 blah. And they're just too defensive and they're moving away from everything and it's so quiet. And nothing's getting done, what it seems like in the fight. Mayweather had that. His defense was so good. No, Mayweather. what Mayweather had was his defense was so good. It was actually very interesting to watch. And people wanted to watch him lose. But sometimes fighters are just very defensive and can't get shit done when they're trying to attack their opponent. And that's not exciting. That's not an exciting fight. Like, you need a fighter that presses the action. Because that's what we come to fucking watch. When we come to watch a fight, admit it. You'd rather watch a fucking fight like we did this past Saturday with uh, Chocolatito and Estrada than something boring like shit. I don't want to say Mayweather, dog, because I know y'all will fry me for that. But you know what I'm saying. Um, and then two, I mean three, you got to have credibility. You really, really have to have credibility. You can't just come into the pros expecting to get money right off the bat. Like a lot of these young, younger up and coming fighters, I dude, and I'm telling you, bro, I want fighters to make as much money as they can because they're putting their lives on the line every single time. But so is every other fighter that's going like, so is every other fighter that's going into the ring. So I mean, you just need to be patient. You need to calm down and, you know, get your fucking fights in. Start fighting that higher level, higher level opponents, getting your wins in, defeating credible fighters and becoming a credible fighter yourself. And that's what will make you um, more valuable, you know, because you just you just can't like if you haven't fought shit, dude, don't be asking for so much. Um, and I, I, I've heard Devin Haney. Uh, is actually, this is so random, but I know Devin Haney is making a ton of money with Eddie Hearn. He called him Earn Hearn or something. But, um, yeah. And then, also, worthy matchups, dude. Bro, don't be asking me, don't be asking for extra extra money or a lot of money. Don't be asking for a lot of money when you're fighting bums, like, if you're still fighting bums and you're expecting a ton of money, bro, get the fuck out of here. No, you need to fight good fighters. Be a good fighter. And have these worthy matchups. Then that's when you deserve the fucking money. Once you have the personality, exciting fights, the credibility, and worthy matchups, bro, that's the recipe for money. Boom, 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 boom. Take my fucking money. I don't care. That's what it is. And yeah, man, dude, I mean, fuck, that's, that's really all I had to have. I don't know. This podcast felt like, uh, this episode just felt like I had to vent, man. 
sometimes I just got to get it out there, dude. I mean, fuck. Our sport's fucked. If we don't do anything about it, fuck. Maybe I'll do something about it. But um, that's basically it, guys. I'm going to fucking go to sleep. I'm tired. I have work tomorrow. It's 12.54 in the morning. Thank you guys for listening. And also, just wanted to mention that we are now on Apple and Spotify. Um, so I encourage you guys to go there, to those pages. And if you guys could, rate me positively. Five stars, por favor. That'd be awesome if you guys could do that. Um, share the podcast with your friends. Um, honestly, I think Spotify and Apple podcasts are great just to listen to, you know, when you're fucking making food, uh, driving in your car, um, maybe doing some chores around the house, or if you're out for a run and you want to, you know, listen to some boxing and catch up on recent boxing news, like, I totally got you guys there, you know, and again, I'm trying not to be boring, bro, like, I know you're tired of hearing, like, all these old ass (laughs) boxing reporters start their podcasts, and I know they're probably kind of interesting, but, like, I just want to be entertaining for you guys. And so, yeah, I mean, that's like the best time to pop in a podcast and listen to them on your headphones. But when you guys have time and you guys want to sit down and watch TV or just go on your laptop or phones and just cruise around, bro, search me up on YouTube. I feel like podcasts are much more fun and interactive when you're watching somebody face to face. And I also kind of... I know I don't get to see your faces, but I like the idea of you guys being able to see me because it's like I'm seeing you. And I like to build like this relationship with the people in the community who are watching me. And that's that's probably the best for me because I want to get to know you guys, my crowd, as much as I can. And yeah, so thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys next week on the Boxing Podcast.